White Noise, the extremely popular app that helps millions sleep better, now allows you to share your audio experiences with the entire White Noise community. Download White Noise for free by TM Soft. Are you willing to get into a car without a driver? And my thoughts on the new Samsung Note 7. All that and more. Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 4. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Salutations. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and you're listening to show number 158. Thanks for tuning in. Tech 401 is back, Todd, and let's talk about self-driving cars. They're not coming to Washington, D.C., but they will be going to Pittsburgh next month. That's right, Oscar. Volvo and Uber are going to deliver fully autonomous car this year. Uh, Starting in Pittsburgh, you're going to be able to get picked up by a self-driving car. Now, there will be an engineer uh, in, I don't know if it's the driver's seat or the passenger seat, but they'll be there to assist. This is interesting. Uh, I always thought that this was going to happen eventually. There, there are two solid uh, stakeholders, if you will, that are at play here. One, the Uber drivers that are being paid by Uber to drive around in Pittsburgh. They're probably not too happy about the situation. Maybe <laughs> they'll jump to Lyft. Um, but yeah, then, maybe. ideally, this does signal to the entire world that eventually they won't need the human aspect of the Uber service. Because think about this, Todd, if this goes well and somehow this gets sanctioned, right? Mm -hmm. All these guys that are in this 1099 economy that are making some extra dollars, why would they have to pay them? All they have to do is just put their cars on the road and they keep 70% of the dollars that are going to the drivers yeah we're all being replaced by robots nuts Um, it's absolutely nuts this is going to start in pittsburgh in the pittsburgh fleet at uh as early as the end of august which is uh, a couple weeks away and uh, the good news for anyone who's in pittsburgh is that uh, your ride's going to be free if you actually pick up one of these guys Free you, rides. Yeah, you're going to get a free ride oh with an autom- autonomous vehicle with a uh, engineer to assist. And what a, I think that would be a really cool experience. Um, It'd be cool, but that for you and I, because we're you know we're, we're tech savvy. We're, yeah, but if yeah. if my mom gets one of those, there's no way she's riding without someone driving. Oh, uh, there's gonna she's gonna be screaming and yelling and right? Facebook living, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of yelling. <laughs> uh, no, but really, I, I think you you make a good point here. They have to give it away for free because it's still new technology, and they also don't have to. I don't know if I would pay for that. Oh, you think people would be like, "I'm not getting in there." Yes. And then they go. The engineer's like, "Well, it'll be free." Okay, I'll try it. Oh, why not? I mean, that's that that's a closer, right? Where you're like, "Yeah, uh, there's nobody sitting in the driver's seat." Even if there is. Think about the preamble that they have to before they get even in. They have to say, oh, welcome to your new Uber experience. I'm testing some new technology that isn't 100% safe yet. Jump on in. <laughs> We're going to be cruising along at 65 miles an hour. Yes. Sit back and enjoy the ride. There's only been a few crashes, not for Uber, <laughs> but for some other companies. We're hoping that our algorithm is better than theirs. Yeah, you know what? And that's a little bit scary because I almost would trust like Tesla a little more like this is Volvo and I haven't heard much about Volvo and self-driving cars. Or no, but it's the driving. rig. It's the rig on top of the car. So technically they teamed up with Volvo, right? Yeah. Um, and they have Volvo has its own uh, experience, by the way, same type of same company that had um, 
this they were showing off their wares at and I think the video is on YouTube tube if I'm not mistaken that this self-driving car not not the Uber I'm going to call Volvo and Uber two separate companies here because I really want to be clear about this. Volvo has has their own self-driving technology that they were showing off to the press and it definitely hit an engineer mm-hmm. at their headquarters right in front of the driveway ran right into them. So that's what? one. Two, Uber is outfitting these cars with these rigs, with their own cameras, with their own tech technology that's going to A, make them safer, supposedly, and B, allow them to map as they drive. Now, uh, the thing that I'm curious about is why Pittsburgh? So um, having had relatives li- lived in Pittsburgh for a little over a decade, um, what I didn't realize about Pittsburgh is that they are actually... Uh, pretty technically uh, inclined for research, especially medical research. So the idea that they were able to get a green light in a city like that, uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, with the actual politics that are that probably you know are, are miles of red tape behind it. Um, as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, you that's a solid city to test in because if you can get mm-hmm. them to green light this project, you've got the infrastructure of a big city, but with a small footprint, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not in Arizona where you've got like just miles and miles of flat, like beautiful highway. The topography for a city like Pittsburgh could mimic a Philadelphia, a DC, a New York. So it's a solid place to test. Right. Are they trying to become like a tech hub, you know, be known for, hey, we were the first to, to have oh. autonomous oh, vehicles. Oh, yeah. You, and, you, they do and, medical research, and now we're doing automotive research, right? Right, um, right. And, and as far as the economy there, it's really driven off research now. Wow. Pretty crazy. Good to know. Didn't yeah. know that. All right. Well, moving on, of course, the Olympics are over. But the, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about the Olympics was the ratings drop in uh, coverage. So NBC... Um, says that it they've fallen in ratings from 17% from viewership uh, from four years ago in London. However, it's not all bad news in that the online streaming is up 263%, and I think that just clearly shows the direction we are going. And, you know, I cut the cord five years ago. Five so years, it's finally people. happening. How much money do you think you've saved over the years? Oh, um... <laughs> I don't know. Probably Let's say two hundred. No, two hundred I mean, times I rent twelve. A lot more movies now, you know. But I feel like the money that I would be spending anyway is going to the places I wanted to go. I'm going to do some rough math, right? Okay. So you say you're you're capable at one point, uh, and because I know you, and I knew you when you had cable. Let's say two hundred dollars. Okay. And times twelve, you got twenty four hundred times five. Holy smokes, twelve thousand dollars. I mean, mm, you technically could say you say. I don't eight, think it's that much. Two hundred. How? What math are you doing? What planner are you? Two hundred a month. Okay. Times twelve. Okay. Right. Right. Twelve hundred. That'd be twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred times five. Why times five? Five years. Five years. Oh, for, okay. That's the whole time. Twelve thousand dollars. I mean, if you really put it that way, that's that's really material. That's a that's a car. That is a car. Wow. A, wow. Well, I can tell you my electricity bill is a lot more than that. <laughs> Running that AC. I'm jealous. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so, so yeah, people, uh, you know, the tendencies of going to mobile, viewing, listening on mobile, that is phenomenal. The coverage 
on television, uh, and we talked about it briefly on the Michael Maris show, but it is um, packaged in a way that you're watching some sort of reality television show where they show you a, a human interest story about the athlete, and boom, right to the event. So there is no waiting game unless you're watching one of the tertiary channels that are just showing the live Olympics of the regatta or whatever else they're racing. Um, the, but in order, let me just yes. ask this. Um, uh, you know, since I did Sailboats. cut the cord, I was not able to stream any of the videos that NBC put out. I tried. I downloaded their app to my Apple TV, the NBC Universal app, and then it looked like they were going to let me view some of this. I wanted to see Michael Phelps, you know, yeah. and some of these amazing um, swims that he was doing, and I could not play them back, and I ended up going back to my HD antenna to watch it live. I could not go back and watch the events that I wanted to, and I just... I don't know. I don't think NBC did a good job there because they it, it appeared you had to put in your, your cable login in order to get access to those streams. But so I'm not quite sure. There is you know. a um, there is a clause within the cable and, and the NBC ad buys that if they don't reach a certain number of people. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm an advertiser, right, Todd? And I wanted to buy time on uh, men's swimming that night. Mm -hmm. If if they didn't read, uh, reach a certain threshold ratings wise, I there was a clause that would allow me to to get some of my money back that I threw in initially for the projected ratings. Hmm. So they're pushing people to that pipeline, that channel, because they need to reach that number in order to make the dollars because it's still right. heavy within the broadcast um, network side, right? Yeah, exactly. And of course, uh, NBC is owned by Comcast. Yes. So no shocker there. Now that makes sense, though. That makes sense that you, that you couldn't watch some of those events right on your app, which do you think would be the case? People people found a way, though, I'm sure, just like you plugged in your digital antenna and um, you're good to go. Right. Yeah. And then that's what I did. And it looked great. So, you know, the HD broadcast is still you know, a viable option for those that don't do not want to pay for cable. Yeah. Save a car in five years. Moving on, uh, there's some more Apple link news, uh, leak news, sorry. Uh, the iPhone 7, uh, we, we've been waiting for what is this next big phone. Um, it appears that they were working on something called the iPhone 7 Pro, and this was going to be that dual lens camera and a souped up version of the iPhone, and it sounds like they've canceled those plans. Yeah, uh, again, two different stories. Uh, the product roadmap that they were going to offer is the uh, iPhone 7, iPhone 7 Plus, iPhone 7 Pro. Uh, we're hoping to see just two products offered in supposedly September here where you got an iPhone 7, an iPhone 7 Plus with the dual camera, and, and you don't have the Pro, as you mentioned, Todd. Um, I'm also curious about the Mac Pro rumors that came out that the Mac, the, they're finally going to refresh in a big way, the Mac Pro, and instead of having an actual keyboard, they're going to have a screen that's going to represent your keyboard. So two screens, essentially. I want to give you my developer perspective because they just, Apple just released a new feature um, to make developers' lives easier. Oh, okay. And that is... Uh, let's say you're going to build an app and you're going to publish it on iTunes. One of the most annoying things as a developer is you have to take screenshots of every single phone dimension. Oh, so, yeah. 
you have to submit a three and a half inch, a four inch. They got to be perfect. Seven inch, the 5.5 inch. And so you have, you know, five different screen resolutions. Plus you usually submit five different, um, you know, screenshots up to five for each device. So that's 25 images. Then if you're like me, who has um, internationalized the the app store listing to seven different countries, that's, you know, becomes times seven. So it could literally take half a day to upload all these stupid screenshots. Okay. And it's, it's a major, it's 175 screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine if you're ESPN and I I remember I was at, at a conference and this guy stood up and he's like, Hey, I, I wrote the ESPN app. And can you please help us? I'm tired of uploading a thousand screenshots on every update, please. So they, years later now, they've uh, finally made it easier for us to support that. Whereas now I can I can upload just um, one high res. Well, I upload one iPhone image at the highest resolution for, you know, the the plus the 5.5 and it'll downscale it to oh, all the other devices. God. And then I upload one screenshot to the iPad Pro, and it downscales it to the other two iPads. That is so great streamlining. Because look, yeah, you you've done this for a living. I well, for Free App Company, when we we do a refresh or a new app, that was my, that was part of my my duties. And I remember sitting there and Shannon be like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I'm just trying to get the right <laughs> screenshots on these oh, devices." So yeah, it's annoying. You just want to use the same screenshot yeah. across all these devices. And you have to go to all the devices, by the way. It's not like, you know, at least I did. It was just, so, yeah, so you know, awesome. they would require it. Yeah. They would require that you submit every single dimension. Totally annoying. And so one of my thoughts just now was maybe they're coming out with some new uh, screen sizes because I've always wanted, uh, you know, the iPhone that would go between. Uh, the 4.7 and the 5.5 because I always felt the 5.5 is a little, just a little too big and then the 4.7 is just a little too small. It would be nice if they came out with something in the middle. Just a theory of mine. There's no rumors out there confirming this. It would be cool though. But yeah, when I heard that they're, they were considering a, a pro version yeah. and possibly a different screen size, that made me think, oh, they've been rolling out this, this these features uh, to make our lives easier f- about the screen resolutions, maybe that's a possibility with the iPhone 7. What do you um, think about the rumor that um, they're going to come out with that Mac Pro and it's going to have a screen instead of keyboards? What do you, what so, do you mean? So the, the Mac, Mac Pro? Pro, like a Mac Pro, there's a rumor out there that there's a Mac Pro that they're going to finally refresh it, right? And the Mac Pro, where the keyboard used to be, will be a screen. Well, the Mac, uh, the Mac, the Mac Pro is the one I have, which is the trash can. Oh, not the trash. I'm sorry, MacBook yeah. Pro. Oh, the MacBook Pro. Yes. So wait, the, the keyboard is not going to be your physical keyboard anymore. It's going to be. The rumor is that it's going to be a screen. Well, that I don't understand. That's the iPad Pro. That's I agree. They, they created the iPad Pro to compete with the Surface. Yes, but but, but if they let's say. Logic would state that that's that's the case. That's what they're pushing on TV. They're like, what if your computer was an iPad Pro? Yeah. Uh, and you could take the same. So we're ta- ta- talk about just uh, the computer. You could take a Mac Pro. We have, we have it in the studio right now. I'm staring at one as we speak. MacBook Pro. MacBook. No, but you could take an iPad Pro. Okay. And you could take the screen that is 
what's right there and you can make that all digital and just lay it into the housing of a MacBook Pro. You can merge the iPad Pro and the MacBook Pro and come up with a new. Is this an act? Are you just like spitballing here? No, it's an an actual actual rumor rumor. I read this week. I haven't read this. Mac, have you heard about this? Not a clue. Guys, we can all source from different places. I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I think you're just having a little trouble explaining it. Uh, I mean, what I'm hearing is just pretty much a, a regular MacBook Pro, but instead of the keyboard on the bottom half, it's a touchscreen. Yes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be an actual iPad Pro that they're just going to stick to the bottom of a I'm just saying the technology is there. But I'm just saying little iffy on the explanation. What's what's the rumor? I don't understand. The rumor is that it's not going to have an actual physical keyboard. It's going to be a touchscreen keyboard instead of a physical button. So a completely different keyboard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you um, that I absolutely hate the keyboard on the MacBook. And if they bring that keyboard over to the MacBook Pro, there's no way I would upgrade. There's no way I would buy it. So uh, I don't know what the general consensus is on that keyboard, but I absolutely hate it. So I like a physical keyboard. So if they did something like that where they just sandwiched two iPad Pros together and said, hey – you know, now you can use it as a laptop or two different. I, I, I don't see that. Happening. This is I, from nine to five Mac, right? Which is a reputable source for rumors. It is. It is reputable. OK. Apple, according to a new note from reliable Apple analyst, Apple plans to introduce a dramatically overhauled MacBook Pro later this year. Uh, they say the device will be the device will be thinner and lighter design with cues taken from the 12 inch MacBook, as well as the touch ID support and the new OLED display bar above the keyboard okay so i'm looking at the same thing it's a display bar it's not a replacement of the whole keyboard it's the the function keys that are above the the you know at the top of the keyboard yeah so that's there but if that in itself so the function keys would be a display bar right and i'm okay with that okay because then if it's a display bar that you could just map your own keys and make them anything you want. And I think that's a good idea. But why wouldn't they just do that for the entire keyboard? Because I want uh, people want a physical keyboard. Yeah. I want one too. I'm just saying, I'm a fan well, of physical. Because lots and lo- many, many, many people. <laughs> Most everyone. The I mean, majority it, of people. Your hand gets lost on a on a touchscreen keyboard all the time. You don't know if your hand's lying to your left. It, it takes it puts you back to having to look at the keyboard to type when that's and the if you, exact and you, opposite of what you want to do. And how are you going to have the little bumps on the F and J key? And that's especially important for bl- the blind, but I use it as a good typist. I mean, yeah. I don't look at my keyboard. I feel for the F and J bumps on that physical keyboard. Oh, man, Agreed. this bamboo keyboard Shannon put on my keyboard took away the bumps. Really? No wonder. No, I have to have man. those. And yeah. all good uh, typists or anyone who wants to become more efficient at typing, you should always be putting your index fingers on that F and J and then reaching for any of the other keys. And that's, you know, I used to be able to type 100 words a minute. I probably can't do that anymore. But I think that's an important skill that, yeah. you know, that you can type fast. Memos. And you can take your thoughts and put them in, you know, digitize them quickly. It's a very important skill. So what would that function OLED offer users? Sleep. Well, again, I think it would, it's just that, being able to put any type of key on your keyboard. Oh, like shortcuts and, if you're editing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's yeah, say we're editing for the show. I can just put all my shortcuts there. Volume yeah. buttons, sleep got buttons, it, it, all because that every, stuff. And, you know, I think everybody's a, a little different about what they want to map their keys to. And when you have these function keys that 
Apple's already mapped them out as, you know, brightness controls, keyboard brightness, and then, you know, the music keys, the pause play and all that stuff. I mean, it would be nice to be able to just have your own custom keys. Oh, man, you sold me. I'm up for an upgrade here. This whole thing, uh, my Mac is uh, hanging on to its last uh, boot up. And I think that uh, if this comes out, I'm in. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not a, a compelling feature for me to go upgrade. So you're hoping that, you know, it'll, it'll, this, the new MacBook Pro will, one, it, please don't change the physical keyboard like you did with the MacBook. Um, and I'm talking to Tim Cook right now, which I know listens to the show. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, I'm okay with this uh, replacing the function keys with something custom. I think developers, uh, if we can get access to that, I think could do something cool. And think about uh, what you could do for gaming. What if you could turn that thing into like some kind of screen, secondary screen that gives you feedback when you know Mac and I are playing uh, Overwatch? Yeah. Just think about that. All the benefits we could have by seeing team stats on our keyboard. I, uh, but the truth is, uh, Apple has never been that big into gaming when it comes to their MacBooks. So we got some news uh, that Mac brought up he wanted to cover. You can now play Overwatch on your Mac with Parallels 12. Okay. So first off, let's back up a little bit. Yes. Uh, what is Overwatch? Well, it's the my game of the week. Thanks for listening on the last show. Uh, that's one of the games we've been playing. That's a Blizzard game. No, no, no. I know first that. I know that. <laughs> I mean, but we can, can you just explain? Go it again. Can you explain Overwatch? <laughs> uh, Overwatch is a team-based game, six versus six, first-person shooter where there's uh, lots of different class of characters and uh, different objectives. But the the fun part about it is it's not your typical just run around and shoot people, you know, which Mm -hmm. is what I feel most games have become. This is something where you have to, in order to win, you have to work as a team. And uh, you have, of course, the real-time communication, the voice communications, and you have a lot of strategy because of all the different classes of characters. It's something I've been, like, I really got addicted to this thing. And uh, me and Mac have been playing a lot lately, which has been a lot of fun. I'm fairly new to it like max level 350 and i'm like 42 or something um so the thing that sucks for me is when i play with mac you know they try to balance the teams so i'm always like the worst player but we're always playing like these 200 level guys and it's making me well here's what's interesting is like I'm getting a lot better because of it. And when I go play without Mac, I crush everybody. Yeah. I'm just like, I blow everyone away because I've been training against these superstars. Oh, he's stars. like your sensei. Yeah. Or it's, exactly. it's, I'm putting him into a pool of people who are a lot better than him. So he has, he knows. Oh, you're what giving to play him with. access. Yeah. yeah. I have no, oh, yeah. Nice. I wouldn't have access otherwise. It's like yeah. Mindshare. Yep. You get yeah. access to the cream of the crop and yeah. then you go back and then you rule your own network. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. so much fun for me when I play with him and his friends who are all level like 12. And you just and destroy just them. Destroy and it's everyone. no fun for us I because know. we all get obliterated. But I, I just, I'm getting, I'm wrecking up all the kills and they get nothing. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I like when I'm playing with my family, I almost want to just kick Mac out of the group because we get, we get teamed up with people that are just way too hard yeah. and we can't have our fun, uh, family fun time, you know? Yeah. Cause you're so, you're so outgunned because of the yeah. experience that yeah. it's like, looks like we lost again. Like, <laughs> sad. And Max like, I got 42 kills. Yeah, I got a medal. Yep. 
And it's just like, yeah, like way five, to go, Mac. But you know, like everyone them. else feels awful. Yeah, yeah what know? about us? This game's not fun anymore. Yeah, I got more kills than all of them combined. Oh, oh he's so happy. Yeah. Mac is like, he's just like king of the kingdom. It's the yeah. little things in life. Yeah. So I can play on Mac now? Well, it says if you have the Parallels 12, and of course, we need to talk about what that is. That is a, a way that you can run Windows apps on oh, your Mac. Oh, I've done that for school. That yeah. they actually put a virtual uh, machine on there. But here's what I don't understand. Isn't um, Overwatch, doesn't it already support the Mac or no? No, it doesn't. Do any Blizzard titles support the Mac? Yes. Uh, I know World of Warcraft does. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Diablo does. I think most of them. I, I thought for sure that Overwatch did as well until I looked it up and I saw this story that I found out it actually doesn't. I'm Overwatch shocked by that, but it looks like uh, Blizzard might have even worked with Parallels to make this happen. Clearly, this is just a way for the Parallels product to kind of piggyback on uh, what I think is becoming um, a really big game title. I don't know, Mag. I don't, I don't play a lot of different games, but I, I see this really catching on. Oh, yeah. And it's going to last for a while because they keep coming out with new free content. I mean, the game, you have to pay for the game originally. There is no subscription, and they just keep coming out with new content. Yeah. And they get their money by microtransactions, which are little loot boxes where you can get different skins and colors and all that stuff. But it, it's 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 definitely a big game. It is quite huge. Speaking of coming out with new content, Nintendo is um, reporting their sales are up eighty percent year over year on the Pokemon Go success. Whoa! And they're coming out with uh, new Pokemon titles for their 3DS platform, Pokemon Omega Red, and. Uh, I guess Alpha Sapphire. I don't know what that is, but uh, the sales are up, and I think this is smart. So much, you know, Pokemon is just now a part of our subconscious that it looks like they're they're going in even bigger and are be releasing new titles. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon will be out for the 3DS this November. Nintendo has such such potential to really break out because they somehow stumbled into uh, the Pokemon Go um, really movement, right? I still see people playing it now in, in my neighborhood, and I'm just like, I thought that was over with. Jeez. Yeah, uh, they, they've just made so many good game titles, right? you know, over the years. I just yeah. think that somebody in, in you know, at the tower, uh, Nintendo Tower, would say, okay, we, we clearly see the potential of this mobile side. Let's stop making this effing hardware and run out with like a big uh, to-do for the 3DS inventory and then just say, we're done. Just play on your devices. We'll work on titles. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and I think they're seeing that crossover now. They're in, in based off of these new numbers, you know, when you can win in mobile and then it also sells more of your 3DS yeah, platform and your, your other game titles. You know, it's win-win for Nintendo. So, yeah, I think they're doing. I think they're doing great as a business. Mac Attack. Well, one thing I would just do want to say is one. I mean, I do believe they should be putting more stuff out on mobile. I I completely uh, agree with you. Are you a purist? What's going on with you? No, I will tell you their business strategy and that tell been us their strategy that they've had for a while is they make that's been failing the, by the way. It but until, it, until yes now. because of the Wii U and yeah. there's a I'll, I'll explain why. Okay, their business model is they will make the titles to sell the hardware. 
and they get a lot of money from the hardware, but the problem was the Wii U didn't have the titles. Nothing came out okay. with the Wii U. So it did who have- told you this? Because from what I understand and what I've understood for years, and I could be wrong, is that the hardware by by itself is a loss leader because the hardware costs so much to make. You're almost Xbox, Microsoft, very simple. They're losing money on the boxes. You make money on the software, right? Yeah. So the software. So did you have that reversed? Because the Wii no. U is the hardware. Yes. And then the software would lead to it's revenue. It's cheaper to make than the PlayStation and Xbox. Well, it, but they don't offer the support. Get, it, it's, it's, it starts out, it, it's a loss leader, but then the parts get cheaper. And then... Well, because of scale. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You're making enough, but peop, if people aren't buying it, you won't continue making it. Correct. Right. But the Wii U was a disaster. There's no question okay. about that. But that was a hiccup with a great... That was 10 previous, years ago. What, the Wii U? Yeah, I feel like the Wii U was 10 years ago. That was maybe five. The Wii was 10 years ago. But, yeah. Um, well, either way, it's five years ago. I mean, how much runway do you need to pivot? But, I mean, the 3DS is about five, six years ago. What's more popular, the 3DS or the Wii U? Oh, 3DS. the 3DS by All far. Day. Right. But yeah. that 3DS could run on, you could have the same experience and have like an add-on screen on any mobile device. The only thing, the only difference that the 3DS gives you is that you got a built-in keyboard, a built-in uh, joystick, basically on left and right. You can put that on any mobile device, and then you have a, a second screen experience. And 3D. And th- th- but it's not really 3D. It's like oh, it is. Oh, but but it's not. It's not the 3D when I go to the theater. 3D. It's better. Oh, oh my! Have I you- played it. Yes, I played it. My sister's, uh, my but my new soon to be brother in law is an inter- Nintendo Mark, and he comes over with all these devices. He looks like he's packing uh, toys for his kids. No, it's all his Nintendo <laughs> devices in his pockets. In every cargo pant he has is a new <laughs> Nintendo device. I'm like, dude, don't you just wish this is all on your phone? You don't I, have the tool. I, you don't I have to engineer. I kind of agree with you both. I. I see that the 3DS is, there's just so much overlap with what we already have with our phones. However, when it comes to consoles, you know, I think, I think it's important that Nintendo has a viable console oh, yeah. uh, to compete against Xbox and PlayStation because, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, they're all about being the best, you know, HD experience and they're trying to rush as fast as they can to 4K um, I like the fact that Nintendo has always been, you know what, we're not going to focus on like crazy graphics. We're focused on gameplay and cute game titles. And I think they've carved out, carved out a really nice market there. So I don't see that going away either. But when it comes to the 3DS, I, I just think there is a lot of, a lot of duplication. So if I'm hearing that 3DS is just so much, you know, more popular, uh, they need to get, get a new console out, you know, right. they need to get start claiming that original Wii market back. I mean, it's not going to be the Wii, but they are, like I said, we said last time, it's they're coming out with that new half mobile, half console. Uh, the hybrid? Console. Yeah. yeah, the hybrid, and I think that that might be a, a smart play because it do, to me it just doesn't make sense to have this like uh, 3DS portable you know, so, unit when everybody has a phone. We'll move on, Todd. Thank you for uh, dealing with this back and forth. So the the original Wii was released uh, 2006. That was 10, 10 years ago. And I, I really feel like that's when they were king. Right? When, yeah, when I went king. out and bought one, I remember. Like, the, it was revolutionary. Was Everyone like, went and bought one. Let's play tennis. Yeah, it's been yeah. 10 years since they've had a really good hardware platform. All right. 
Finishing things up, Oscar, I want to talk a little bit about Samsung because they've been in the news and they've also released the new Galaxy Note 7. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the first thing is Samsung is shutting down Milk Music in September. So they will no longer be running their own music store instead. Now, this is going to happen on September 22nd. Instead, they're going to focus on integrating the best music services available today into their product lines, uh, which will not be Milk. It looks like it, it's going to be Slacker Radio. So we don't Slacker. know if they're coming out with something new, but I think they're just going to... Uh, they're bowing out. Yeah, well, it was kind of... I think what it was is Milk was almost like a rebranded Slacker Radio. And, and I think maybe it just didn't take off like they wanted, so they're going to... Uh, push their users over to Slacker Radio now. Well, who are the kings now? We've got iTunes. We've got uh, Spotify. I, d I haven't heard anybody even mention the name Slacker in three years or four years. Yeah. Uh, and can you even purchase music on that? They probably have some redirect. If you like a song, they'll get a percentage, you know? Um, yeah, it's more about streaming, though. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's it. I mean, Jay-Z sold his, so that's out. Well, uh, the titles out, yeah. In terms, in terms of what I see uh, from my digital music uh, sales for White Noise, yes. it's, it's Spotify still on top, but I see Apple Music is now catching up. They're the they're they're the number two spot, and they've been Apple's pushing Apple Music pretty hard on their phone, uh, and it, to the point where it's kind of annoying. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you're a student, you have a .dot edu address. Uh, pick it up for half the price monthly. Just use oh, that. is that right? Oh, absolutely. That's the one know. thing that grad school helped me. They gave me a .edu address, and I said, okay, let's take full advantage. Wow. All right. Good tip yeah, there. Half price. Uh, so moving on from Milk, I want to talk a little bit about the Galaxy Note 7. I cannot recommend it right now for the, for the reason <gasps> that they are not coming out and saying they support the Daydream spec that Google put out about the VR. I think my next phone, my next Android phone, um, and yes, I am considering switching from iPhone, uh, is going to be Daydream compatible, but even in an official statement, they have not come out. Samsung has not come out and said they will support the Daydream spec. People think it's because of their relationship with Oculus and the fact that they have their own gear, gear VR platform, um, but you know, from what the phone specs in the Note 7 looks like, it might support it, but they will not officially confirm it. And until they do that, I cannot recommend the Galaxy Note 7. I like your, that you're taking a stand here, Todd. For those not in the development world, is Daydreams just a solid tool that everybody should support and they're deciding to exclude themselves because of their um, strategic alliances with other companies? It's it's a spec. So let's get be clear about that. Daydream is a spec. What's that a Google's, spec? Like a, like a spot on my to, windshield? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, a, it's a standard for uh, manufacturers to uh, build to. And it's basically a way for Google to ensure that if you're going to do VR with your smartphone, um, then you need to meet the this minimum set of requirements. And that's what the Daydream spec is all about. And the, right now, it, it is a very new thing. Uh, they announced it, you know, uh, this year when I was out at Google I.O. 
And I'm excited about Daydream. I think it's it's an important step in VR because I don't think people are going out and buying the Oculus or going out and buying, you know, the HTC Vive like I did. I think the mainstream is going to first come through your smartphones. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you need a 4K display. You need the sensors in the phone. It's quite the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it needs – if you want to do – VR, you know, I, and you're curious about it and you want it and you want your phone to support it. Um, the latest Android is supporting this new daydream capability, but it also requires that you have a phone that will support the daydream spec. And ah. until Samsung comes out and says, okay, the Note 7, but because by the hardware, it looks like it does support it. Um, and, and, but they're not, they're not saying that. And I think that's because of their relationship. Maybe they signed something exclusive with Facebook. I don't know, but that annoys me. It annoys me that they will not come out and say they support the spec, uh, because I think it's, it's extremely important if you're, and so I'm going to wait, I am going to wait, uh, on buying my next Android phone until, um, we see what happens, uh, probably early next year when Samsung, uh, comes out with maybe the S8. There's already rumors that the people think the S8 is going to support this spec. And if and you know Samsung usually announces new phones mm-hmm. at the World uh, Develop or the Mobile World Congress event. And I so I'm I'm in a holding position when it comes to buying my next Android phone because I really want it to support Daydream. Well, I love that you're talking about this, man, because we had a conversation uh, briefly about uh, VR and uh, was it Steam that had some Oculus titles that people were figuring out ways to actually run it on the Vive? And no, they, I mean, it, it, um, all the way around. All the way around. All the way around. Yeah, but usually you can support both, and it's pretty easy to support both as a. As but a, they as had a, they had to remove the one of the parties had to remove like a like a firewall or just a barrier. Because people were figuring out anyway. So they said, we could look, everybody can use our titles now. Here we go. Yeah. And I think Oculus initially was trying to create a, a close. Uh, is that right? Mac would probably. Y- yes. It was uh, Oculus was trying to have ex- exclusivity with their games. Pe- like you said, people yeah. were finding ways around it. So uh, Oculus right. they were just, losing said, sales. They just opened the yeah. door and said, fine, you go ahead, use it for the vibe if you want. Well, and they got beat by the vibe. And that's it. That's clearly what happened. Everybody wants, you know, the hand controllers and Facebook is late to the game. And so everybody was going vibe. And so they had to like they're still playing catch up and to put up a walled garden when you're the guy playing catch up. That's not going to work. Very true. All right. Times uh, time for apps of the week. Let's uh, jump right in. What do you have for us today? Tomo. My app of the week is called and you probably never heard this before. Prune, and it's a game. I've heard that before. That oh yeah, Prune. Hey, for your iPhone, and it was actually Apple's iPad Game of the Year, including Time Magazine's Game. Whoa! So it's a very unique game, and it's it's actually pretty uh, beautiful. It's a minimalist type art, which I love, and it's all about trees and making like your tree grow by pruning it and having it grow in different directions. And you got to avoid certain areas the, the in the game. And it is a little expensive on the three ninety nine side. But I think if you, if you like a good relaxing game, um, this thing's really cool. And, and it, it's won all kinds of awards. So you don't need me to tell you 
how good it is. Uh, it's the 11th International Mobile Gaming Awards, IndieCade Festival 2015, and the list goes on and on. So uh, really cool game. If you're looking to pick up a new title for your smartphone, check out Prune by Joel McDonald. Well, I'm not going to belabor the point that um, poor Max has been trying to tell us about Prune for about a year. <laughs> But just I'm glad you, I'm glad you, I'm no, glad you discovered that uh, app, and I'll move on to mine. Now so I pick a new one. <clears throat> we've got uh, Nike Soccer from our friends at Nike. You mean, well, Oscar, that's just a pretty typical pick, pretty boring for you, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. But Nike Soccer isn't about shopping. You can do that on the app, but it actually allows you to find pickup games to play soccer. This isn't like, uh, oh my god, like I just want to have like one friend to kick a ball around with now these are full games that are looking for players or people that want to put together a pickup game say for wednesday or tomorrow you can start uh you can say you've got a field you can start your actual your own team and then as people get together you'll get what 14 people or 10 people to play a quick pickup game and the hardest part about playing soccer as you get older is finding friends that have the time to go and play Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a standard uh, game I play on or Sundays. Or finding friends. Or finding friends. <laughs> <laughs> so if your one common thread is Nike Soccer, uh, or soccer, you can use Nike Soccer yeah. to find people that are in, into that sport and maybe join a pickup game or two. Have the week. you actually done a pickup game with this? No, but I discovered it uh, when I went to the one of their marquee stores here in Georgetown, and I was buying new cleats. And the guy said, do you have that app? I said, no, I don't want anything more on my phone. He goes, no, no, you can find games. So I booted it right up. And there was a game the next day that was looking for players. They had an aged demographic. Everything was good to go. Like no slide tackles, some certain rules that you have in different games. And I was like, this is brilliant. If I had no friends, I would do this. <laughs> or even if you had friends. Oh, that's would do very this. true. I was a little yeah, more because you're looking for to play some soccer. Once a week is good enough. The body can't handle anymore. But if I was younger, how about this? If I was younger, I would do this. All right. Well, I w- I'm curious how it works for you. You'll have to give us an update. I will try. It. I will try it for sure. Yeah, definitely. For an indoor game, as it gets colder outside. Right. Right. And yeah, and that's tough to, to find because you can't. You're not driving. You're driving around. And you don't see anyone playing outside. So it's almost like you need an app. You need something to coordinate this stuff. Hey, I got this like creepy text just now. It says a uh, series of numbers. Is your Facebook password reset code or reset your passcode code here? And it gives me a link. Oh, no. Why would that be? Don't click the link. Don't click the link. Don't click the right? link. Delete that. Yeah. Why would I get that text? Yeah. That's a total. Someone's trying to hack your Facebook. Account. Yeah, that's it. That is huh. wild. Got to be careful out there. It's dangerous. Damn. All right, Mac, it's your turn. What do you got? Uh, Now that you stole my app, Todd, Prune, I have to pick another one. It's uh, called uh, Pocketball. Actually, Mac, I'm so sorry, man. I hate (sighs) to do this to you. I know that Todd just completely boned you, but we've run out of time. (laughs) We are out of time. Yeah, we are out of time as as I'm looking to the clock. So quickly, Todd, what do you have to plug before we get out of here? Oh, I just did an update to the white noise market where you can actually reply to comments and start a conversation about the sounds that you upload and record. So please check it out. Yes. And of course, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Seems to me that uh, the tweeting is helping. Uh, As I mentioned last episode, I'm over 10,000 followers and counting. Please uh, continue to follow me at Oscar Radio. And uh, as you can tell, we are two for two. 
tech. Can I get your Twitter password? Sure. I want to text you with with a link that says please reset your account. What's going on here? (laughs) Interesting. All right. Well, we'll that's it for our show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech Four One One. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.